Hello and welcome to the Kasuf Revenue Radio Podcast, where we bring information to you, the healthcare practice manager, the physician, the business owner, to enhance your business of medicine. We're powered by Kasuf and Kasuf Healthcare Solutions. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Jeff Dance, your host. I'm also the executive director of, health, of Kasuf Healthcare Solutions, and uh, we appreciate your time and uh, the chance to be with you today as we, uh, again, bring information to the table that will help you in your practice. Uh, today, we have back with us Richard Tidwell. Richard is a commercial real estate agent specializing in healthcare. Uh, if you were with us in our previous podcast, we uh, learned some of the basics as it relates to leases, some of the things to be thinking about as you use or a practice would use a commercial real estate agent. And then we want to kind of bring all of that together, kind of talk about some of the things that you're seeing, trends, some stories maybe of what worked right, what what didn't work right. Uh, we really focused last time on uh, the time value of money to use an expert such as, as yourself, and we want to kind of follow that up today with, uh, with um, just some, again, strategic thought and direction and such as we go forward. So, Richard, welcome again back with us, and Russ Dorsey again on the board, helping us out, making sure all the, the technical pieces work together, and uh, uh, we're, we're ready for another great podcast session on Revenue Radio. Thank you, Jeff. All right. So, uh, Richard, as, we, as you start getting into the, the wants and the needs on what you need as a space, uh, what are some automatics that you just kind of know that the landlord's probably going to push back on as as you bring a, a a term sheet or a lease as we're thinking about a lease space to a to a landlord that uh, maybe you've seen some stories or some situations that it just was not going to happen right um so the first distinguishing factor would be uh, whether it's going to be a lease or a lease <clears throat> renewal uh, so very, very two different um, approaches to landlords and usually very uh, different uh, response from landlords. So when you think lease renewal, um, you, you have to kind of put yourself into the perspective of the landlord, which is what I always try to do in a negotiation and a transaction is to go on both sides, you know, to understand where's the landlord coming from, right? So if they've got a tenant that's been in their space for 10 or 15 years, right? And they feel like they have a good relationship. And that tenant, um, that client, uh, through you guys, has hired me to help them renegotiate their lease. It's something that most commercial real estate agents don't want to touch, right, because it's mm-hmm. very tricky um, in the way that it has to be approached. So uh, if we're, I'm approaching a landlord, the first and the most important thing that I do for clients is make sure that they have options, right? If there's not options, then all we're doing is bluffing. And most of the time, we're going to be found out, right? So having options mm-hmm. on the table for uh, clients when it comes to leasing a space, even if they're one that they want to, they've been in for 10, 15, 20 years, as long as they have the mindset that it, there's a remote possibility that we could go somewhere else, that's what matters, right? Because the market is... Uh, the market is the market, and we know what the market is, and we want to make sure that there's always options on the table for the market. So the landlord's immediate response to a lease renewal is, why in the world would I pay you, uh, and why in the world would I negotiate? Why in the world would I meet your demands on a, cl- uh, on, a t- on a tenant who's been in my building for whatever that term is, 5, 10, 15 years? 
Well, the truth of the matter is, is they're probably over market at this point, right? They've right. probably not had someone negotiating for them in the past. And so the market allows them, if we're looking at the options, to explore going somewhere else. So we want to make sure that they do that because most of the time they find that there's great options out there that they never knew existed. And so that landlord immediately is going to respond negatively. But we know how to overcome that, uh, making sure that, you know, again, my job is not to make sure that the landlord goes out of business, right? My job is to make sure that our clients uh, are getting the best terms and being, being valued for a medical practice, right? So that's what we want to make sure uh, that, we're, that we're communicating with the landlord. And if it's a new lease, it's a different conversation and normally a little bit more receptive. Uh, but there's still going to be immediate things that the landlord, a, a savvy landlord or a savvy agent for a landlord most of the time, uh, is going to want to fill out who they're dealing with, right? They're going to know, mm-hmm. does this person know what they're talking about? Well, if they're not talking with a, an experienced commercial real estate agent like myself who deals in the healthcare uh, world, they know how to, to do the right things, to make the right statements, to ask the right questions in order to get the best deal for their client who is the landlord, right? So we want to make sure that we come in and them understanding that we're here, uh, that everyone can benefit from this. The landlord can benefit, my client can benefit, and everyone together gets something positive out of this. Right? Yeah, I think something also to, to remember in all of this is if this deal goes through, I'm in that space, right. I'm going to have to be dealing with the landlord and right they with me right um and there's if it's five year ten year whatever it is there's a there's time together that we're having to work with each other and and such and you don't want to go into it adversarial but but you don't want to give away the the store either right so with that uh what are some of the trends you're seeing in we'll just start with lease space and then maybe some purchase, build, buy type of of scenarios. Right. Um, So what we're seeing right now uh, trending uh, with leases is obviously it's not a a shock that what's happening in in our economic uh, status right now in the country and and interest rates are going up and things are getting more expensive. And so um, with that, there's still a lot of opportunity. So we understand that when um, you know, landlords need to lease out their spaces, right? So the, again, it comes back to knowing uh, how to posture uh, within that space. And, and, and we see a lot of practices right now that are, that are wanting to go out away from hospital systems. Um, and it's very cyclical within um, the healthcare world. We see it in and out, you know, every five to 10 years, you see a, a, a wanting to go back into the hospital systems on campus, wanting to be out in private practice, then back, then back back and forth. And so right now I see a lot of practices that are kind of moving away from having to be on campus. That doesn't mean all practices are doing that, but we're seeing a lot of practices moving off of campus in in leasing spaces and and, uh, medical offices or even just traditional office spaces and retail spaces. Um, And and what what has been great uh, for our clients is that a lot of the, the factors or things that were a, a result of COVID and a lot of the shutdowns when a lot of retail spaces closed and a lot of people changed the way they did business is it opened up a lot of space that traditionally some medical practices wouldn't go into. And, and as a matter of fact, making the landlords needing those spaces to be filled. So we're able mm-hmm. to really capitalize uh, on a lot of non-traditional spaces that medical practices are not always necessarily in. 
I've heard you say before that uh, landlords like physicians. They like that physician client because it's a it can be a, a long term relationship. The right. physician doesn't want to be just moving <clears throat> the practice around. Uh, speak speak to that a little bit about that beginning of that relationship and how that could be a sales item on your part absolutely. to the landlord on behalf of the client. Yeah, absolutely. Understanding how important a medical tenant is to a landlord is key and uh, communicating that to a landlord because most of them would have kind of changed their thought process because it was always not sure that we want medical because of the cost of build out or because of whatever that we want retail coming in. Well, a lot of landlords have understood over time that medical tenants stay longer and pay on time, right? They they have a lower default rate, right? Much lower default rate. And so, you know, communicating that to a landlord when, when they would typically say, well, the build out's going to be this. Well, you're also going to get a long-term tenant who's not going to most likely default on this lease. They're going to pay their, their lease payments, right? right. Um, and so communication of that is very, very key to upfront getting the best terms, the most build out, the length, the correct length of term um, from that landlord and understanding how important that tenant is to them. So again thinking outside the box and looking for alternative type space you've got the whole amazon factor now where retail is suffering because of um, the deliveries and, and such man medical to a landlord who's got inventory is is a huge uh selling point right and uh, those longer term leases you get better tenant improvement rates mm-hmm. uh, and such. Um, that just seems to be a, a big win for the for the practice if they can think through it enough and again right. use use uh, someone that can uh, right. advocate uh, on their behalf. So um, uh, the tenant improvement piece. What do, what are you typically seeing there? Maybe the the startup side, mm-hmm. as well as going into the renewal piece, and uh, what improvements might need to be made. Sure, and, uh, and a lot of it obviously depends on the particular space. If it's a you know a first gen space, if it's a class A office, you know, or a, just a traditional retail space. Um, you know, there's so many factors, which is what, again, why hiring someone who knows what they're yeah. doing, you know, not to be redundant, uh, because, you know, I'm going to ask the right question. Someone who does what I, what I do for a living, you know, daily is going to understand that it's not always about rent rate and it's not always about this particular number. It's what is the landlord's plans, too? I, I want to understand the landlord. Is the landlord, is this a long-term hold for a landlord, right? Yep. Are they planning on selling this building, right? So a lot of those things factor into what we can ask for. Are they cash rich? Do they have a lot of cash on hand to do these type of projects? Or does free rent make more sense to them? Does the rent rate need a little bit higher, a little bit higher from a resale standpoint and we get more free rent or more tenant improvement because the number affects their resale of the building? So these are all factors that go into you know how I'm able to negotiate a particular deal is understanding what the landlord plans. You mean on I can get right? free rent? Absolutely, you can get free rent. In fact, I always negotiate free rent, yeah. and and a lot of times landlords are more um, willing to do free rent that actually outpaces what they would get in tenant improvement or rent reduction mm-hmm. because that number affects their bottom line and how what their plans are for that particular space. Right. 
Yeah, it, it again, asking, presenting the information, the wants or the needs. Right. A lot of times the, the landlord doesn't know what you need in your practice, and it, it's, it's a legitimate ask. Right. And some of that can work into the entire equation, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to get too much into interest rates right now because, again, they could change, and uh, I don't want to necessarily date the, the, the podcast. But we do know, as you mentioned, that, that it's, a, it's a tough economic time and mm-hmm. carrying costs and finding money, borrowing money and such, financing is a, is a, is a factor right, right now. Uh, how is that affecting some of the overall uh, trends that you're seeing and maybe going with the lease versus I was going to go out and buy, set up my LLC and lease the space back to myself? Right, right. So, so what I'm seeing a lot right now in the market is actually probably contrary to what some people would think. I actually see the interest rates affecting a lot of the REITs more than anyone. So, a lot of, and for those who don't know what a REIT is, a real estate investment trust who owns, who, who typically they'll own different medical uh, office buildings, uh, physicians plazas, and and then even sometimes the hospital themselves. But what I've seen more of the effect from the interest rate are the REITs tightening up on rent rate reduction. Right. So um, one would think that most people are stalling their projects. Well, I think there's kind of been an adverse effect from all of the COVID shutdown in 2020, you know, 2021, and even spilling over a little bit early into 2022, where people were already stalling projects, right? Because they weren't uncertain in the healthcare world of what was going to happen specifically. Well, what I've kind of seen from a trend, and I've talked with a lot of my colleagues is that people are moving forward on projects even with the interest rates going up, right? Because mm-hmm. there's not necessarily a plan or what we see for interest rates to go down. So if they continue to go up, you got to take advantage of those rates right now, correct? And they've stalled these projects for the last two years, two and a half years with the other things that were happening in our economy. And so I still see a lot of people moving forward. In fact, I probably am working on more purchases right now than anything. Um, but on the adverse side from an interest rate, I see REITs in some of the landlords, but more particularly big corporate REITs, tightening up on what they're willing to do in a reduction of rent because of the escalating cost, right? Um, so that's, to me, what what I've seen and asked around, I've seen that be more of the, the adverse effect of the interest rate is on what we're seeing from if I'm asking for a pretty aggressive reduction of a rent rate for a, for a client, well, Instead of doing A, B, and C, they're not reducing rent rates because of interest rate, but maybe they do this concession mm-hmm. instead. So that's where I've seen more of the, the effect on, of rates is more on, on that side of it yeah. as opposed to the purchasing side. Good. All right. I know, um, again, you've, you've mentioned before, and we, we see that kind of ebb and flow of uh, physicians going out on their own. Uh, then they're back into the either private equity or or the hospital owned situation. You're you're kind of in those spaces that are dictated to you, but mm-hmm. then some of that risk is off and all of that. And you you I know you're working both sides of of the of the situation as as it comes along, whether they're coming out or going in, and you're trying to to help maybe uh, in those situations. Um, the the i guess the 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 point of that is if you're if you're going into a space it's got to make sense for the term of the lease Mm -hmm. right 
as well as the traffic. And a lot of folks, or I say folks, a lot of what I typically hear about and see is, oh, well, there's uh, empty space over there. And sometimes I say to myself and to the to my client is there's probably a reason for that. Right. There's a reason why it's so cheap. There's a reason why it's empty. Right. Uh, how does how do you coach a client to you know not get too emotional about it? Hey, there's really hot space, or what might be perceived as hot, but really is going down. Right. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, when you're coaching a client, uh, you know, again, what I relate back to, and I said this in our earlier uh, podcast, is how I ask them questions when we're kind of dreaming mm-hmm. and looking through the vision of their practice. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll use those questions and their answers to go back and say, well, you want to do this, right? Yeah. So if we're, if we're, if our plan is, our vision is to do this, this may be a little bit contra- contradictory to what we're doing, right? But at the same time, we're going to look through that market and we're going to put four or five six different options on the table and from a from a different wide maybe a wide spectrum of of what they're looking at so we all don't ever want to focus on what i tell clients is i don't ever focus on just the numbers and i don't ever focus on just the dream right Mm -hmm. so you want a combination Mm -hmm. of, of numbers and dream and come to you know come to the to the middle to where this makes the most sense for your practice so if the rent rate being cheap in an area where your particular practice may uh, only need this to happen, right? Then maybe we look at that area that maybe not everyone else is, maybe they're overlooking, right? right. But if your practice is full, uh, what you're wanting to accomplish actually is over here, then we need to we need to, to pull away from that, right? Because it's not always about the bottom line rent rate number. It's about what puts your practice in the best scenario to to achieve what you're trying to do and be successful right so yeah. a combination of dream and number and pulling that to the middle but hey let's look at it because it never hurts to look right that's right but then let's figure out what works best for your yeah. practice yeah right Excellent. good good points all right well let's uh we're kind of to the point in our uh, time together where i want to kind of hear the the good the bad and the ugly um now's the the, the chance sort of to um brag on yourself a little bit on some of those wins that you got that it just seemed out of just there's no way that could happen right what are what are some really neat um uh, wins you got for the client as it relates to maybe tenant improvement or some of those that free rent or extended periods and such mm-hmm. maybe even on the renewals kind of give us some of those thoughts so we can kind of think real world uh, situations. Sure. So uh, a, a couple mm-hmm. of scenarios uh, come to mind um, early on um, where I had a practice who, uh, again, they they found uh, found me uh, through some conferences and, and decided, you know, they needed some help. Pretty large practice uh, who was, <coughs> was looking to um, just renew their lease. Like mm-hmm. most doctors, the majority of the time what we see is a lease gets slid across the table you know, a few months before and they re-sign a lease for however long that is, 5, 10, 15 years, and give up a lot of money that they didn't negotiate, mm-hmm. right? So this practice had the, the fortitude to bring me in and have me negotiate their lease renewal in a place that they had been for 15 years, right? And so posturing and putting options on the table and leveraging those options uh, for a practice. And it was, a, it was a, you know, 11, 12 doc practice, which is a large practice. 
But at the end of the day, I was able to renegotiate a space that they had been in for 15 years by having options for them to move to or, or build a new location and save them around $2.3 million wow. uh, on their 10-year lease renewal, right? And, and some of that included, you know, uh, $600,000 or so in, in tenant improvement, build out, you know, free rent, uh, rent rate reduction, uh, resetting their base year on their on their expenses, and a lot of things that normally wouldn't be negotiated, but for that practice over, you know, $2.3 million mm-hmm. uh, for 10 years, which is, you know, Two hundred and you know two hundred plus thousand dollars a year sure. as a savings to their practice. On the other end of that, uh, a practice who I also was uh, introduced to uh, that had too much space in their building that they were leasing. Um, they had lost some physicians over time. Didn't need that space. Didn't know what their options were. What they right. were going to do. This was just prior to COVID. This was literally. Uh, about six months prior to when everything shut down, I was able to find them a new space in a different location for the exact amount. I think we cut off 3,000 square feet, 3,500 square feet off of their practice and saved them, uh, I, I basically cut their rent in half. Their rent went literally in half. And I, and I received a letter from the practice administrator um, kind of in the heat of COVID. And he said it literally kept our practice in, in, in business. We mm-hmm. didn't have to shut the doors. We didn't have to lay off a, a single employee. And we were able to continue going through all of this because we had put the right person in place and we had negotiated this down to where we were paying half the rent that we were paying before. So those those are the ones that really stick out to you because when they write you a letter and say, we really feel like this could have right. saved our practice and yeah. obviously saved employees from getting laid sure. off in the middle of something as traumatic as what was happening in 2020 and 21, those are the ones that you kind of, you know, you really, you know, you like to, yeah, to, to carry with you for right. sure. Yeah. So good, good, good job. What um, have you have you seen the situation where if they only listened to you, um, <clears throat> you brought a great idea, and it just sure. pushed off to the yeah. to the side. Yeah, absolutely. And the regrets that went along with it. Yeah, absolutely. And and those are the ones you kind of want to to forget about because if they had just listened. Um, but yeah, there there are those scenarios that have happened to where a group should have made a decision, you know. But uh, for one reason or another, especially when you deal with large medical practices, having everyone agree uh, is is a tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes just getting you know letting letting go of this is what we've always done. Right. This is the way my practice has always right. been, uh, especially when you have practice managers that I deal with that that have that try to be forward thinking and they're trying to improve the practice. Yeah. When you have one that just uh, because of old school thinking, uh, change is bad. Uh, but when, you know, the numbers are there and, and everything lines up and they still make a decision to uh, to stay with the old school thought. Those are the ones that you, you know, you just kind of have to walk away and say, you know what, I've done everything that I can do. We've presented everything that we can. This is the best thing. And at the end of the day, the practice has to make the decision. And all I can do is help, you know, point them right. in the right direction. So, sure, there, um, there are some of those. Yeah, that's, um, <clears throat> you kind of regret that. Tell us, do you get involved with uh, expansions in an existing space where the practice is growing or they want to add a new service line um, and there's some there is some extra space or capacity there in the maybe it's a medical office building you right. know a multi-tenant type of situation um, do you get involved with that and if you do how does that typically work absolutely yeah um, landlords love that they love when you call and say hey listen practice needs more space 
Um, we're looking at options to go other places. If you have, you know, contiguous space or a, a space nearby, uh, we would be open to that option. You know, again, everything I do is posturing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's legitimate. It's not a bluff, it, but it's right. posturing to, to, to do the best for my clients. So I absolutely get involved with those, done many to where they're expanding into an existing space. We will typically, what I would do is if there's a lease term remaining, I'm going to negotiate for that lease to start over from the end of that construction period and when they're opening up. So we're restructuring a completely new lease, which a lot of times um, is a great uh, uh, negotiation with the landlord because not only are we not going to move, we're going to give you more space that's not being leased, but we want the lease to start over and here's the terms for this new lease. You know, So those are things that um, work out for everybody, honestly, because it's an easier uh, transition, um, especially if it's a contiguous space uh, that the landlord hasn't been able to rent. Uh, and a lot of times we're able to to really negotiate some pretty strong terms and the build out in order to keep that tenant there when there's the space available. Yeah. So love doing those projects. I, I, I like the position that a practice manager is in in those types of situations for the most part really all day in our jobs we have to uh, really separate separate ourselves from the emotional side and Mm -hmm. all of the the glitz and the glamour and really look at it objectively Mm -hmm. and be the calming factor and having again a resource that can think that way and not go oh yeah that's the greatest idea in the world and it really isn't but it seems like it might be on a whim and um, I like having that that extra thought there somebody that I can bounce those ideas off of in again in an objective calm almost separated uh, way I want to be engaged and I want the everything to work but right. man sometimes it looks better than it really is and you just need to step back a minute and, and think through it and we don't need all of that extra space even though the right. landlord comes back and says yeah we got it what do you need right right yeah when your scope is here you know it's hard to see the big picture sometimes and what's around you so yeah. obviously having you know uh people like you that work on behalf of their clients and then myself on the commercial side of it opening that scope to say Sounds great, but here's the reality of the picture, right? And I think the biggest thing what you said that that's something that I try to, to bring to the clients is so many times, especially if a, if a client's been in a space for a long time and they've got they've dealt with the landlord or they've dealt with the agent or they periodically periodically see them or have gotten into an argument with them in the past or there's been some drama. What I do is come in and say, listen, I'm removing the drama from this, right? This is a business transaction, right? We're going to look at all the options and then I'm going to remove that conversation or that history from this transaction, right? And I'm going to be your advocate. They're going to communicate directly with me, and then I'm going to communicate directly with you. And we remove any tension or history or, or emotion from that and create it purely off of our discussions and what happens right. between the landlord or the landlord agent and myself. And so right. it really removes that tension that could potentially have been there or may come from the transaction or the yeah. negotiation. Boy, I had a situation where we were trying to put a client into a, an area where it, there was an anchor store in a big shopping area, and um, the anchor was really using the incoming practice to gain some leverage with the 
landlord, the property mm -hmm. owner and such, and the physicians couldn't understand what was going on, mm -hmm. and they were taking it personally and getting all the emotion. I just had to keep saying, it's not about you. Right. It They're using you, but you, it's not about you. Right. And, uh, of course, the agent that I was using, I needed that person to be a little more uh, – emotional but mm -hmm. it was it was an interesting dynamic we finally got through right. with it and i think the anchor store got what it wanted and <laughs> we were able to see patients um, yeah. but it took a while um, but having having somebody that is on your side right uh, but not so just you know drinking the kool-aid kind of situation to use that old term um, is always helpful what else? What what what's? Uh, I don't want to end on a on a low note, but what what are some things that if you you know it's could have done better, could have made the deal better? Any any of those kind of helpful thoughts? Because we can always look backwards and and kind of learn from from some mistakes. What are what are some other things you've seen that might help in this discussion to not go down that same route? Right. So I, I try to find opportunity everywhere. Um, I, I like to say there's posture everywhere and there's opportunity everywhere. So, you know, again, not ending on a bad note with the things that are happening in the economy and the interest rates rising and things getting more expensive. You know, uh, a lot of books that, that, that one can read and, and people who have, who have gained wealth in bad econo mm -hmm. economic times are that, you know, right now, even though things are, are getting more expensive and, and rates are going up, there's a lot of opportunity to seize, right, for practices who are, are willing to think outside the box a little bit. They're willing to take a little bit of risk, have a little bit of risk adverse. Um, to know that those things can pay off for them in the long in the long run, because um, where people who are very um, lending heavy, they have to they have to borrow in order to do anything. If there's some cash or there's some way that those practices can leverage in this economy, they'll find themselves getting into a building or into a space for a lot cheaper than they ever could. And in the in the long run, when things recover, mm -hmm. um, when things come back around, they're going to have put themselves in a good position. So. I like to just say, you know, we see. I see a lot of physicians right now trying to do that, and, and I'm impressed that they're taking some of that risk because they understand the long-term gain to this, right? They understand the long-term who makes some money in times right. like this. So right. I think, you know, to end on a positive note is that there's a lot of opportunity out right now for medical practices that are willing and, and wanting to do something and to expand or to add locations or to own their own mm -hmm. location right now. Um, so I would encourage, you know, those out there that are thinking about it, have put it off or they're just not sure to, to really, you know, consult, you know, someone like the Kasuf team um, that's going to be able to pull those numbers together and say, listen, you're in a good position. Why don't you think of this? And then, of course, you can, you know, bring me on if you want to or someone like me to really be able to help you to take advantage of the market right now that we're seeing long term. Yeah, good, good. Russ, I know we're coming to the end here, our, checking our time. we um, and I'm sure in his in his mind he's thinking as long as there's fiber into the building, <laughs> uh, that does that's one of those questions I ask that's is right. what's our IT that's right. capabilities who you know and again from a healthcare perspective you get one of these common closets on the on the floor the third floor of a five story building mm -hmm. and yeah this one services everybody on the third floor. <laughs> And there's no cage, there's That's no right. security, and those are always things to 
you know, have, again, have um, have your quality IT folks involved in your security and compliance people. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really is. There are a lot of things to think about. Absolutely. Um, and if you go to try to do it all on your own, you're not using your resources properly. Um, you can think you're not missing it, but it can happen. Absolutely. So, um, I appreciate your time, Richard. Thank you for, Thank you, for being here today. And yeah. this is uh, uh, always helpful uh reinforcement and inf- new information that you've uh, that you brought to us anything else uh, just a pleasure being here getting to talk with you about this so I, I think the more information that's out there and people realize that this is available to them and, and that they need help and it's not there's nothing wrong with asking for help you know when you've got right. a practice to manage and, and patients to see you don't need to to try to to, to be involved in everything you know all the time and yeah. use the right tools in place so I, I appreciate you allowing me to be here and to talk about it so. great and I, I think that's a great closing message and again i'm jeff dance i'm your host today with uh, our kasuf revenue radio podcast we appreciate your time and being with us today as we bring you information that helps you uh, maximize and enhance the business of your practice whether you're a practice manager a physician a physician owner a practice owner we, uh, we want this to be a resource for you, and we, again, we appreciate your time as you are with us on the Kasuf Revenue Radio podcast. Uh, we're powered by Kasuf and Kasuf Healthcare Solutions. Thank you, and have a great day.